Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We are honored to have with us today a guest speaker who is certainly no stranger to our local congregation. Brother Tess Stewart is a full-time evangelist who has traveled all across our fellowship. He has blessed churches in our nation and beyond, and we're very excited to have him with us today. I am trusting and believing that God has already given him a word, a word that will be specific to our church and a word that will also reach beyond the perimeter of our local congregation. Please join in, open your heart and your mind, and allow the Spirit of the Lord to touch you. Praise the Lord, Hatchbend Apostolic Church. It is great to be with you once again, although these circumstances are not normal, and uh, we look forward to when we can be together in person. I'm just thankful that we can still feel the presence of God today. I'm just thankful that God can still speak to us. God can still lift us. And I believe there is a word from God for somebody today. I want to give honor to your leadership. Uh, we love your pastor and his family. And it's such a blessing uh, to, to your church and to the Florida district. And we know that God is going to do great things through him. I don't want to belabor the time this morning, but I do want to get into the word of God. I, I want to share some things with you that God gave me some time ago. Uh, but I just feel particularly in the situation that we find ourselves in. I just feel uh, that this is just so relevant, and God has been dealing with me about this here these last few days. I want to read from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 18. And the Bible says, Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation, and thy gates praise. What a beautiful verse. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders, but thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gates praise. I want to talk to you here this morning about the protection of praise, the protection of praise. One of the most consistent characteristics that you'll find of cities throughout time. You look at the history of mankind and you follow ancient civilizations, you'll find walls have been a consistent feature in cities and you'll find them on every continent in some form or fashion in every culture. But for much of history, it would appear that a wall has been almost an absolute necessity when it came uh, to the inhabitations. And, and it's almost as if there's a human instinct to, to build this protection whenever you find yourself settling in a, an area where the dangers might be unknown or there might be unseen dangers. It seems like there's almost an instinct to build a, some sort of wall for protection. And it would appear that the greater the threat, then the greater the need for the wall, the greater the perceived danger, then uh, the more uh, expedient it might be that you need a wall, the more urgent it becomes that you must have a, a wall. 
And so for centuries, a wall has been a source of security, a source uh, uh, of strength and security in so many, for so many people and a, and a source of uh, great peace of mind. Some walls have been so substantial that they survive uh, centuries later and people still visit those walls. And it's one, of my, one of the things on my bucket list is to visit the Great Wall of China. And, and, and I'm fascinated as I read about that wall. I read that at one point that wall was over 13,000 miles long. That, that boggles the mind that there could be a wall that was 13,000 miles long. The walls of Jericho are familiar to most of us who, who know the Bible and, and its significant wall. Uh, when you look at the history of the children of Israel and, and as they were trying to make it to the promised land, uh, we're familiar with the walls of Jericho that they encountered. And these walls, uh, the history lets us know that the, the, the walls of Jericho were actually two separate walls. It was a defense that was on a hill, uh, and there were actually two sets of walls that were built on that hill. Uh, and at the highest points uh, on the top of that wall, you were over 50 feet above uh, the ground level. And, 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 it, and perhaps that's why the people of, of Jericho felt comfortable enough to, to taunt the children of Israel whenever they were trying to attack Jericho. They felt secure. They felt that their walls are, were up to the task. And so uh, they simply sat on the walls and they began to taunt and mock, uh, mock the children of Israel as uh, they marched around the city. Because uh, there's something comforting. There's something uh, that is confidence-inducing about a wall that seems to be impenetrable. A wall uh, that seems to be up to the task uh, of protecting you from every hurt, harm, or, or danger. There's something uh, consoling about having a wall. You don't feel uh, quite as naked face in the world uh, when you have uh, walls around you. A few years ago, my wife and I visited historic Jamestown in Virginia, and uh, we went, and it was just fascinating to go to some of the original sites of the Pilgrims' uh, settlements. And, and they've recreated much of those cities, and they've got replicas of, uh, you know, what the, the settlers built when they got to Jamestown. Uh, but in addition to the so many things that they have recreated to the best of their ability, they have recreated the walls that, that the settlers built. When they first arrived, uh, and, and, and they knew they needed some sort of defenses, and, and they recreated to the best of their ability. They recreated the walls uh, that these settlers built. And standing behind those walls, I, I began to envision myself as one of those settlers and began to put myself in their footprints. And, and, and it was just kind of fascinating to think, to try to transport yourself in your mind and, and try to imagine what it would be like to after having faced so many months of unknown dangers on the seas and, and you make it to this new land uh, and now you realize that there are even more uh, unknown uncertainties out there and you must build uh, some sort of protection. And, 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 and so they built this wall to the best of their ability to give them uh, some sense uh, of security, some sense uh, of, circle of certainty. And, and, and there's just something reassuring about having a wall in a trying time and a trying place. You don't feel uh, quite as unprotected. You don't feel uh, quite as vulnerable uh, when you've got a wall. I'm trying to build a, a bit of a foundation here. There, there is a, a some some a, a, there's a disconnect between uh, the terror that lies out there uh, and the relative security inside the wall. And the more substantial the wall, the greater the sense of security within the wall. The more trustworthy the wall the greater confidence that those who inhabit the city can live with. The thing about walls 
is that walls are a fixed defense. Uh, it's, a, it's a defense that exists all day, every day. That once the walls are constructed, the walls uh, don't move. The walls are rooted and, and the walls are not something that, that's a variable. It is a, a fixed uh, structure that will be not greatly affected by the seasons and the times. Uh, the darkest of nights do not affect the walls and the coldest of winters do not affect the walls and the winds and the rains of life uh, won't move the walls because because uh, there is a firm and fixed foundation uh, and the walls have been anchored to something deep uh, and something unmovable. The Bible speaks about the lack of a wall in Proverbs 25, 28, when it says a man with no self-control is like a city that is broken down and has no walls. Imagine that for just a moment. A man with no self-control uh, is like the city that is broken down uh, and has no walls. He He's exposed to every assault of the enemy. He's exposed to every temptation uh, that might come his way. He walks around vulnerable. He walks around defenseless against an enemy uh, who's seeking like a lion walking about seeking uh, whom he may devour. Uh, there's a dangerous place to live your life, uh, to live your life without walls uh, and protective walls. I hear some churches say that they are a church without walls, and I understand the context that they many times that they're trying to use that in, and and and, and I understand uh, what what they're trying to say when they say that they are a church without walls. Uh, but I'm also concerned that in some cases, uh, this is proving to be true uh, in every sense, that there really are literal to no walls uh, in some churches anymore. And any sort of wall is seen uh, as a negative thing. Uh, any sort of boundary uh, is seen only as restrictive. Uh, any sort of wall, uh, any sort of boundary uh, is seen as simply judgmental uh, and seen as something uh, that's not of God. Uh, but I stand here this morning thankful uh, for some of the walls uh, in my life. I stand here this morning absolutely convinced that if it had not been for some of the walls in my life, I would not be here right now. If it had not been for some of the walls in my life, I would not have made it through the most difficult times of my life. If it had not been for some of the walls in my life, I would not have made it through the darkest nights and the most difficult days. If it were not for some of the walls that exist in my life right now, now, perhaps in this crisis that we find ourselves in, I would find myself rocked. I would find myself shaken. But I'm so thankful that I've got walls around me. I'm so thankful that I could say when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. I'm so thankful that I have walls in my life. And so the verse that we read as our text this morning calls our walls salvation. I'll say it once again, I'm thankful for the walls of salvation. You ought to be thankful for the walls of salvation. Come on, in this trying time, this trying place is this pandemic uh, that we find ourselves dealing with and, uh, and and you see so many people feeling vulnerable and, and you see so many institutions being rocked and, and we might not know exactly uh, how everything's going to look uh, next month or, or next year uh, but in the midst of all of this uh, I'm so thankful for the walls uh, of salvation. Uh, I'm thankful that the Lord is my light uh, and my salvation. Uh, whom shall I fear? The Lord is 
is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came up upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though it hosted a camp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple, for in the time of trouble, oh come on, somebody needs to hear this right now, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle, shall he hide me, he shall set me up upon a rock, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will we not fear, though the earth be removed, and though mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of God of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. I'm thankful for the walls of salvation in my life. And so sure, there are times when I face uncertain situations. Sure, there are times when I find myself in a place I've never been before. I can relate to that in many ways right now. Some of the things that we're facing right now might be uncharted territory for many people. And sure, there might be times I find myself like those settlers where it feels like I'm surrounded by an enemy on every hand. But I shall not be afraid of the terrors by night nor the arrows by day because when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Can I just encourage somebody here this morning? The enemy has you convinced that you're vulnerable. The enemy has you convinced that you're at the end of your rope. The enemy has you convinced that things about this circumstance are not going to be survivable for you. But you ought to take a few moments to thank God for the walls of salvation in your life. To the enemy, it's an obstacle. But to you, it's a shelter. To the enemy, it's a stumbling block. But to you, it is the keeping power of the Holy Ghost say all the time that it doesn't have to be well with my finances as long as I can say it as well with my soul. doesn't always have to be well with every aspect of my life as long as I can say it as well with my soul. I'm thankful that the walls of salvation encompass me. I'm thankful that the blood has been applied to my life. I'm thankful that God has not left me defenseless. God has not left me comfortless. And so our verse today says that the walls are salvation. But then it goes on to say that the gates shall be called praise. This is fascinating to me for so many reasons. Because as I said before, where the walls represent the most fixed, the most secure, the most constant points, of protection. The gates represent the most moving and the most vulnerable. 
where the walls are a constant, the gates are a variable. The walls are fixed and unmoving, but the inhabitants of a city control the gates. The gates open, the gates close, and if the inhabitants don't close the gates in the time of battle, the gates might as well not even be there. If the gates are left open during the time of battle, the entire defense is compromised. So the gates have to be manned. Somebody has to man the gates, be on the lookout for the enemy, and ensure that in the times of battle, the gates are closed. And if they waited too late, perhaps they would not be able to close the gates in time to prevent the enemy from coming in and being triumphant. And so if there ever was going to be a breach of the defenses, if the city was going to fall, it was more than likely going to happen at the gates. Hear me when I say the enemy knows this, and he understands human nature well enough to know that whenever he does attack, it becomes part of our nature, our tendency to leave the gates of praise, to, to not man the gates of praise. We, we don't feel like praising whenever we're under attack. We don't feel like praising whenever we're surrounded by the enemy. We don't feel like praising whenever we're facing uncertainty. We don't feel like praising whenever we find ourselves in a time and place that we don't like, a time and place that we don't understand. It's our human tendency to, to not praise depending on what we feel and what's happening. But hear me when I say in the times of battle, the enemy from of your soul, he desires that to happen more than anything else. He wants you in the time of battle to, to neglect the case of praise. He wants you in the time of battle to retreat in fear, to retreat into your emotions and allow the enemy to come into your city because the enemy knows that there's nothing he can do about the walls of salvation the walls of salvation are fixed and the walls of salvation are not within his control there's nothing he can do about the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ there's nothing he can do about the walls that God has placed around you but he has learned uh, that if he can get you to abandon uh, the gates of praise, uh, then he can come in. Uh, when he, he can get you to abandon uh, the gates of praise, uh, he can overcome uh, your defenses. Uh, but it's my prayer that something uh, would rise up on the inside of you uh, in the midst of this epidemic, uh, in the midst of this circumstance. Uh, I would to God that something uh, would rise up in you that says, uh, I might not be in the house of God right now, uh, but I can praise. I might not have the organ and the keyboard right now but I can praise. I might not have the praise team in my house with me right now but I can praise. I might not have everything that I've come accustomed to but I can praise. I can magnify God even in my living room. I can gather my family together and we can begin to praise God. I can erect the gates of praise. I can make up my mind that I will magnify
magnify the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. I can declare this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. It doesn't matter what kind of day it is. It doesn't matter what the day feels like. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You can magnify God right where you are. You can give a sacrifice of praise uh, right where you are. You can erect the gates of praise uh, in your household uh, right now where you are. The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. That's the wall. That's salvation. We overcome by the redeeming blood of the Lamb. I believe those rep that represents the walls. But that verse doesn't stop there. It says, in addition to the blood of the Lamb, we overcome by the word of our testimony. That's the variable. That's the decision that you have to make. I'm going to overcome not just by the walls, not just by the blood of the Lamb, but I'm going to open my mouth and by the word of my testimony, I'm going to overcome because of what I say, I'm going to overcome. Because I remind myself of what God has already brought me through, I will overcome. Something happens when you begin to open your mouth and you begin to testify. There is an overcoming power to your testimony. So I've learned that God does not necessarily always give you the strength to lift all of your burden at once. But you do have the strength to lift your hands. That even when your heart is heavy, your trial is heavy, you can still lift your hands. You can still lift your eyes. You can still lift your head. Paul and Silas found themselves in prison. And there were chains that they could not break physically. But even if they could break those chains... They didn't have the strength to overpower the guards. So they overpowered the guards. They didn't have the strength to free themselves from locked cells and, 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 and a locked jailhouse. But they did have enough strength to begin to praise God in their midnight hour. When you're facing a Jericho situation in your life, you don't have to have the strength to overcome the walls and the 50-foot high fortresses and and all the things that you face. But you do have enough strength. To keep walking. And to keep praising. I like. What the Bible says in Isaiah. 61.3. The Bible says that. God gives us. A garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness. And I believe in this. Time that we're facing right now. The enemy would love to attack the people of God with the spirit of heaviness. I, I've been there. I know what it means to have, to battle a feeling of doom and gloom and despair. To have a heaviness that attacks your spirit. A heaviness that attacks your mind. A heaviness that attacks your household. The Bible says in Isaiah 61.3, God gives us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There are some things that I've always found interesting about this. 
Because you would think on the surface that if God took away one spirit, that he might replace it with another spirit. That he might take away a, a spirit of heaviness, replace it with a spirit of joy, a spirit of gladness, a spirit of happiness. But I believe that if the garment of praise is God's remedy for a spirit of heaviness, then it must be the best possible remedy for the spirit of heaviness. And I just have to try to figure out what makes the garment of praise the best remedy. A few years ago, I wondered this. What I felt like God was kind of pressing into my spirit. He reminded me of an old saying I've heard my entire life. Where they say, if you give a man a fish, he can eat for a day. But if you teach him how to fish, he can eat for a lifetime. And I began to consider this in the context of Isaiah 61.3, and I began to realize, yes, God could take away that spirit of heaviness and replace it with the spirit of happiness. But that would be the equivalent of giving that man a fish. It would be a one-time solution that might give you a temporary reprieve. It might answer your question. It might solve your problem this once in one instance. But it would only be a matter of time before something would happen and that spirit of happiness that God gave you would once again be destroyed and you would find yourself in a, a place of heaviness. But by giving us a garment of praise, it's almost like God, it's almost like teaching that man how to fish where God uh, gives us a remedy that's not just a, a one-time solution. It won't just get you out of the heaviness one time. It's not just a temporary fix, but you have the ability with your garment of praise to defeat the spirit of heaviness anytime and every time it comes your way that whenever you begin to feel the heaviness in your mind and in your spirit, you just have to remind yourself, I've already got the solution. I can take out my garment of praise and I can praise God until the heaviness is gone. I can praise God until my spirit is lifted. I can praise God until my mind is renewed. I can praise God until I'm strengthened. I can praise God until everything changes. I can praise God until the shackles in my mind are loose. I can praise God until the heaviness is gone. I can praise God until everything changes. It's not just a one-time fix. It's not just a one-time solution. But any time and every time you feel heavy. Oh, come on, somebody who uh, in the middle of this pandemic, uh, you've been battling a heaviness. Uh, why don't you make up your mind? Uh, I'm going to stand now uh, on Isaiah 61 3. Uh, I'm going to take out my garment of praise. Uh, and right where I am, uh, I'm going to praise God. Uh, and I'm going to believe uh, that everything is about to change. Uh, I'm going to praise God. Uh, and I'm going to believe uh, that everything uh, is about to be turned around. Uh, I'm going to praise God. Uh, and I'm going to believe that the heaviness is uh, going to be broken. I've learned in my life how to try to treat any spirit of heaviness like just a reminder, a cue to praise. Made up my mind that whenever I begin to feel a, a heaviness, that's just going to be my reminder to praise God wherever I am. Come on, you can be driving your car 
and you feel that heaviness and you can make up your mind I'm going to pull over and I'm just going to have a quick praise break you can be at, at your job and you can feel that heaviness and you can say I'm going to go to the break room and I'm going to turn it into a tabernacle of praise but I'm not going to stay heavy I'm not going to stay cast down I will bless the Lord at all times and I believe that if you do that the enemy sooner or later will learn to quit attacking you with that heaviness. He'll learn that all he's doing is provoking a praise, producing a praiser. I wasn't even thinking about praising God, but now that you've attacked me with the spirit of heaviness, I'm going to bless God. I'm going to look to the heavens. But ultimately, ultimately, as I get ready to close, a garment like the gates are something that you control. You make up your mind that you're going to put on a garment. You make up your mind that you're going to close the gates. Nobody else can do that for you. And perhaps this time where we're not able to come together as we're accustomed to coming together, this might be a good time to renew your personal commitment to praise. I can't rely on my brother. I can't rely on my sister. I can't rely on pastor or sister Boyd. So in this moment, I can make up my mind that I'm going to close my gates. Come on, fathers. Come on, mothers. You can make up your mind. I'm going to close the gates around my household. I'm not going to allow the enemy to come in uh, unchecked. Yes, I'm thankful for the walls of salvation. And there are some things concerning the walls of salvation that only God can do. I'm thankful for what God has done. I'm thankful for the defenses that God has placed in my life. But I make up my mind, I'm going to close the gates. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to breach my way of my gates. It's my prayer that something will be released in households all across this congregation. It's my prayer that houses will be turned uh, into houses of praise, that living rooms and, and, and dining rooms, wherever you might be right now, that you will begin to feel the presence of God, that if you might be battling a heaviness right now, that you'll begin to feel a lifting in the Holy Ghost. It's my prayer right now that something will begin uh, to turn around in your mind and in your spirit. It's my prayer right now that God will release a praise into your spirit and things will begin to lift. Let's pray. In the name of Jesus right now, we thank you for your power. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the walls of salvation that you have placed in our lives. But I pray right now, God, that let there be a praise released in this congregation. I pray right now that somebody will fall in love with their garment of praise once again. That somebody will wrap themselves in a garment of praise. And that even after this video is over with, that there will be a praise in their spirit. That there will be a praise break that will break out all across this congregation. That there will be a lifting of minds and every heaviness will be defeated. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let this be a day of rejoicing. Let this be a time of praise and prayer. Let this be a day of victory in the name of Jesus.
This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.